Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Pedestrian-involved crashes are on the rise in Michigan, and in one city, it is a sharp spike. When you look at what the average trend has been in major U.S. cities, the average was 19% increase. In Detroit, it was an 88% increase. Though Detroit has the biggest issue, they are far from alone. What is being done to make your walk a safer one? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Pedestrian safety is a concern in every city, in every state. Doesn't matter where you are. During the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a sharp increase in fatal traffic crashes. As Daily J associate producer Brian Fisher finds out, pedestrian crashes, they're up too. The pedestrian accidents we're talking about today, they coincide with another trend, and that's just accidents in general. And Brian, the numbers are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's something that I found even more so. I have information from a law firm in New York, and it says that Michigan has the 10th highest amount of pedestrian deaths with 1,365. So over the last eight years, that's 2012 to 2020. But Brian, what's happening in Detroit is a thousand times worse, almost literally, than the national average. It's shocking. Yeah, that's something that James talks about from the city of Detroit. The Streets for People plan, which we recently completed, has a safety first goal among a number of other goals. But it's really in response to a trend that we're seeing on a national level, where over the past five years, there's been definitely an increase in fatal crashes, particularly those involving people walking and pedestrians. So we've seen and we've been tracking that trend in Detroit. And unfortunately, Detroit is ranked near the top of some of those lists of fatalities. When you adjust for population, we rank second of total traffic fatalities and third in pedestrian fatalities. And when you look at what the average trend has been in major U.S. cities over the past four years, this average was 19 percent increase. In Detroit, it was an 88 percent increase in those rankings. So There have been this quiet sort of epidemic happening underneath the global pandemic. That last voice you heard belongs to James Hanning, and he's the deputy director of Complete Streets at the Detroit Department of Public Works. What is creating this problem? Why is it less safe to cross the street today? Here is Brian and James again. The third voice you'll hear belongs to Lieutenant Chris Ellis. He's the fatal team coordinator for the Clinton Township Police Department. To fix the problem... We have to know why. And it sounds like there are a variety of problems. We talked about the pandemic and the way people behave during the pandemic. One thing was the roads were empty, so people drove however they wanted, as fast as they wanted. And James says that's a huge problem. During COVID, people were driving faster. Now that COVID's, for the intensive purposes of the greater public, is over, they're still not slowing back down, which is causing more and more 
uh, accidents involving cars, people, cyclists. Really, the main contributor that we see, especially when it comes to the severity of crashes and fatal crashes, is speed. So especially during the pandemic, when vehicle miles traveled, traffic volumes were lower, we saw an increase in speed. So it's a matter of physics, too, just in terms of when you have vehicles moving at faster speeds, the likelihood of a serious injury between drivers and, you know, with uh, more vulnerable users like people walking and biking just increases as well. There are certainly other factors that go into it, but I think that's the primary one. Speed is what we're seeing. The lieutenant in Clinton Township, he mentioned speed. Chris went a little bit further than just speed habits, right? He said that's a problem, but people need to drive safe as well. They can't drive high. They can't drive drunk. You can't text and drive. Those are all issues that are ongoing. I mean, Zach, we did an episode just yesterday on the fact they're considering putting those drunk driver tests in cars. I mean, that's this is part of the reason why is because people have to behave themselves when they get behind the wheel. Less well practice on being on a road or just being cooped up too long and they get their freedom, so to speak, and then go out and just have an extra good time and aren't taking the necessary precautions that they normally would have. For Clinton Township specifically, it just seems like drugs and alcohol have been involved at least 50% of the pedestrian crashes that we've had, whether they be on the part of the pedestrian or the driver. We're going to talk about what's being done on the driver's side of things in a minute, but they aren't the only party involved. There are also things that pedestrians could be doing to help themselves. Pedestrians are often very aware of what's happening around them. There is definitely some research out there around distracted walking as well. But I think the same types of countermeasures that we were talking about in terms of pavement markings, like crosswalk markings and median islands and bump outs, and even things like countdown timers at signals and different types of light indicators also are for pedestrians as well to be able to be able to cross safely and know when it's safe to cross. One thing that we did include in the Streets for People plan and and the strategies that we'll be looking into in the coming years are things like accessible pedestrian signals, which can provide indications for people who are blind so that they can find where they should be crossing. And when the walk indication is on or when it says don't walk, there are different types of audible tones that they could be using. Now, I know we're talking about the city of Detroit, Brian, but I do want to point out, and we did mention it, that this problem is beyond the city of Detroit. It's a problem across the board. We're seeing it in the suburbs, too. We talk about pedestrians, bicyclists, they tow an odd line when it comes to what they are because they are counted in pedestrian accidents. But unlike a pedestrian, they do have to follow the rules of the road. Yeah. And that's what Lieutenant Alice says is that it is a vehicle and they have to obey the rules of the road just the same. And that the biggest thing that they can do to help themselves on top of, you know, obeying the rules of the road is to make themselves as visible as possible, especially at night. Well, bicycle is still considered a vehicle, so you still have to obey the laws of the road. It doesn't give you carte blanche to be able to go wherever you want on a bicycle. But the most important thing, especially at night, for a pedestrian and a bicyclist, you have to remain vigilant. The old adage, you got to look both ways before you cross the road. So other than the normal paying attention to what you're doing is the one best thing that you can do Especially if you're a runner or a bicyclist that may be doing your thing during dusk or nighttime hours is wear bright clothing. I cannot stress that enough. The human eye picks up color and contrast and movement very well. 
But if you're wearing a black hooded sweatshirt or some type of black dark colored clothing and you're against a black backdrop, it's just very difficult for drivers to see that at night. Talking about problems without solutions is just complaining. And in Detroit, where the problem is really spiking, they're taking action. We're very focused on how our streets are designed and what measures can be taken to make sure that the street and its design is encouraging the behaviors that we want to see that are safer for all users. So Speed Humps, that's been a very successful program for the city of Detroit. The mayor has put a lot of resources and emphasis on that program, and we've installed almost 10,000 Speed Humps since 2018. But you still have your collector and arterial and main streets where we still have speeding problems. So there are a lot of other countermeasures that we are doing in terms of road reconfiguration, where you reduce or narrow the lanes. That is proven to reduce speeds, and we already do that, but we're looking at opportunities to do that more. And then there are different types of treatments that we can do at intersections to really encourage safer turning movements and safer crossings for pedestrians and more visibility for all users, especially at intersections. When you look at pedestrian crashes, between 60 and 80 percent of crashes are happening between 150 feet of intersections. And when we talk about what's happening in Detroit, the solutions, because the solutions in a place like Clinton Township, Brian, are going to be a lot different. There's not as many walkable streets in that area of Macomb County. Detroit is much more walkable than many other places. It's not just about making things easier for pedestrians when it comes to those that may be disabled, for example. The notion of the traffic island, Brian, I think part of this here sometimes is when I'm downtown, I look across the street, I don't have very long legs, I'm not very fast, and I say, that's a long way to cross. And I've got to get there all in one shot. But now... Now there's going to be islands in the middle of them to help people who can't make it all the way across have a safe haven to reside until the next crosswalk signal goes. I love good ideas. Who doesn't? But you know what really makes a good idea? Said idea being realistic. How actionable does the plan in Detroit seem to you? Like, they've got this great idea, but are they going to be able to do it? I think so. I think everything that they want to do is very reasonable. They want to put more speed bumps in residential streets that forces people, and James says as much, is that they have data and proof in the city of Detroit already that these speed bumps slow people down because, you know, if you run over a speed bump going really fast, you ruin your car. So that works. He talked about furthering the lane striping, getting new lane striping, making it better, making roads narrower. The roads are narrow in Detroit on purpose to make people slow down. That was wild to me. I thought that was just like an old city thing, but it found out it was intentional was kind of cool because it's true. Like when I'm driving in Detroit personally and there's those narrow roads, I'm slowing down because I don't want to hit things that are on either side of me. He also talked about what we spoke about with new crosswalks, new signs, and of course the island. So everything he is putting forth seems very doable. And he did mention that, at least in his mind, the mayor is on board with all of this, right? I mean, he's like, since 2018, we've added 10,000 speed bumps or whatever it was. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? It's making the road safer, right? Yesterday's episode spoke of personal responsibility. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Today is no different. If you can't handle being the driver or a pedestrian, stay off public streets and sidewalks. Your life and the lives of others, it depends on it. Big thanks to Daily J associate producer Brian Fisher for his reporting. He spoke with both Chris Alice and James Hanning for this story. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. 
Check out www.jnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about the Daily J? We want to hear them. Send us an email to dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at audacy.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 